many of the battles we fight will be won or lost in the mind. And this, this one with fear, it starts here. Whoever, whatever's controlling our thoughts will have control of us and also the direction of our life. So say that again, that's important. Whoever or whatever is controlling our thoughts will have control of us and the direction of our life. Therefore, these things given to us by Paul are what we're to think about. We need to stop. We need to settle into these things that Paul's mentioned here. So in the midst of fear and worry or anxiety, do you stop to think about what you were thinking about? Do you stop and think about what it is that your mind is on most of the time? What's controlling your mind? Hello, and welcome to Episode 5 of the Redeemed Hearts Podcast, where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. I'm Michael, the producer of the Redeemed Hearts Podcast. Your hosts, Worley and Danina Kennedy, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. Welcome to Episode 5. In this episode, Worley and Danina will discuss how we can overcome fear and where to focus our thoughts during this time of the COVID-19 crisis that we are all facing. Here's Worley and Danina. Well, welcome back again. We're glad to be with you. Mm -hmm. We come to you today from a little bit different location than normal as we're under quarantine because of the coronavirus. We uh, are actually coming to you from our house in a location in our house that is as quiet as we could find. Mm -hmm. We normally do this from an office, and we have a sound system and so forth. So we'll and Michael see. to help us. And Michael, it <laughs> yeah. keeps us going. But, yeah. but anyway, we're glad to be with you. We're living in uncharted territory with the impact of the coronavirus on life as we know it, both now and in the future. And many who we know, excluding ourselves, are experiencing fear or worry or anxiety and new in different ways. I think that's common. Mm-hmm. Uh, fears are felt, and it usually comes in waves. Now, when we're exposed for our helplessness to change or to fix or to control something, we tend to go into fight-or-flight mode. Mm-hmm. Fear flees, anger fights. Both are responses to harm or danger that stem from deeper fears. Anger tends to power up and attack a threat, and fear tries to hide and withdraw into self-protection. We want to mention and talk about the fact that fear can be healthy. It can warn us of potential danger and harm. Right now, we're living with a healthy fear when we acknowledge that the coronavirus can take lives, when we listen to our government and medical professionals, when we wash our hands and maintain social distancing, when we don't congregate in large groups. But it can be unhealthy when we don't see God for who he is, when we don't grow in our trust of him, and when we try to take matters into our own hands. Mm -hmm. So in this podcast today, we want to give an overview of healthy fear from what Paul writes to the believers in his letter to the Philippians. And in the coming months, we'll go into more detail on these issues through videos that will be part of our video subscription that we're going to offer and we'll provide information on our website and uh, in these podcasts in in the next few weeks. But in the video subscription in May, we're going to discuss issues relating to healthy and unhealthy fear. Mm -hmm. We're going to go more detail than what we talk about today. And then in June, 
we're going to talk about issues relating to worry and anxiety. Yeah, and that and those uh, videos are going to just be a lot more kind of practical how to how to function right um, with anxiety and manage your worry. And so, what we talked about doing today is that we want to we want to talk from Philippians four. And what Paul writes there, and it has everything to do with our spiritual life. We think that's a place to start. It's a place to continue. It's what upholds us in being able to respond with healthy fear. So anyone who struggles with fear, worry, and anxiety must be attentive to their spiritual life. And Paul here is giving us uh, important ways, several important ways for us to be able to do this in Philippians 4, 6 through 19. And yeah, so if you, have, if you have a Bible, you might want to open it up on your app or turn to it and look at Philippians 4. We're going to cover from 6, starting at about 6, and then go through... Um, most of the verses through through 13, and then we'll also include 19. So Philippians um, 4, 6 through 9 uh, is a familiar verse to many people, but it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we're going to start here because we all want the peace that's promised here. But it's important to note that this peace that transcends all understanding is not a peace that we're going to get, you know, from the world or come up with ourselves. It's that, it's God's peace. And we cannot have the peace of God if we are not at peace with God. And the only way we're at peace with God is through Jesus Christ. It's through a personal relationship with Christ. It's the peace of God that serves as a guard over our heart and mind in this passage. And I really like thinking about the word guard because the word guard there has the idea of keeping watch uh, from what might invade. It keeps out that which could do harm. And the Philippians here would have understood this term because their city would have had a watchman or several watchmen. And a wall that was surrounding their city that was guarding them from their enemies. It was giving them a safe place to be able to, you know, look out and to see what was coming. A safe place to keep, you know, them all protected inside of those um, city walls. And this is what God's peace through the person of Jesus Christ can do for us. It, It guards our heart and mind. The word guard also has a connotation that it kept the people in the city from running away and fleeing to protect themselves. And our anxiety disrupts us, and we want to turn toward anything to rid us of that feeling. I mean, who likes to feel anxiety? And if you think about it, as much as anything, it's that those emotions of fear and anxiety that cause us to then want to react. If we didn't have those emotions, mm-hmm. even in difficult situations, we wouldn't be um, responding in, in in ways that can be very negative and harmful to us. And so this word peace that counters that anxiety is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And people that just live with the underlying anxiety, it's just miserable. Mm-hmm. Uh, for them. And, uh, you know, so part of these next couple of months, some of the talks we're going to do, we'll get more practical in June on some of this, but and, and some just of, wanting to help people, but 
today we're trying to go at kind of that deepest level for us, which is, you know, spiritually. And, and we will talk about some anxiety being caused by physiological things. Yes, chemical issues, right. medical issues. Right, yes. and so we're not saying today that this is the cure if you have those kinds of things. But what we are saying is even if you're being treated for those things, you still live with normal everyday concerns and fears. And we're currently living in a situation that's impacting everybody. And all of us are called to respond to God in the ways that are laid out here in Philippians. Mm -hmm. And if we do, then we can experience this this protection that you're talking about called peace. Mm-hmm. And with this connotation that it kept the people in the city from also running away and, you know, fleeing to protect themselves, uh, we, I mean, we can envision this because we're people who want to turn toward many false gods of our own making, you know, to rescue us. And an easy example right now, uh, I mean, alcohol sales are at an all-time high uh, because of people just living with their stress and anxiety about the economy, about their health, about their futures, and um, an addiction, any type of addiction, addictive behavior. I mean, that can be, you know. They're they're almost all at some level in an effort to try to calm oneself, to try to deal with the, the harshness of a person's situation. Mm-hmm. So that's a way that we're going about trying to fix our own, you know, problem. And we know, and those people that struggle with this, it's it's real, yeah. and it's a it's a hard battle to fight. And we, you know, we counsel and sit with people in that place. It's a hard fought battle, but it never brings peace. In fact, it usually grows anxiety or grows depression or you know, makes relationships worse or causes us to act out in ways that are going to, you know, never bring peace. So the kind of peace that we're talking about here that Paul's talking about, this is a supernatural kind of peace. It's not something we're going to find from any kind of false god um, that we're looking to to rescue us. It's the kind that's going to last. And one of our professors always said, in graduate school that fear either makes us run toward our own self-sufficiency to protect ourselves or toward God as our protector. And Paul in this passage is going to give us several ways that we are going to be able to turn toward God as our protector. And these are really some practical things we can do that replace our false gods. And that's important with addiction, especially. Mm-hmm. You, you can't just stop an addiction. Mm-hmm. You have to replace yes. your addiction with something and be very intentional about that. So this passage, we're going to kind of work our way through it here. Some and, and, you know, Danita, addic- ways to do that. Addiction is certainly um, common of the ways that you've mentioned, but also it could just be something like just trying to check out and watch too much, you know, television or, you know, be productive and just, you know, we've all, we, we've talked about a, a generation of people that get, you know, play do gaming and stuff that's often just a way to check out when especially when it becomes too much and it's not kept in balance so any of those things could be replaced by what paul's urging his his readers here to to do with their fear mm-hmm. and their anxiety which means you have to you have to be checked in to do these things we're going to talk about because you have to think and you have to you know be be able to do some work so start us with the first um, way here. Yeah, and so this is what he says in verse 6 and 7, just as, as a repeat. He tells us, by prayer and petition, 
with thanksgiving present your request to God. And so the first part of this is that healthy fear causes us to turn to God with prayer and petition. So we live with a fear um, because God turns, intends for us to turn to him with with our fears. We live with that. But as we're going to say in our video podcast, um, we don't have to live in fear. So we take the fear and Paul says prayer and petition. Um so what's the difference between prayer and petition? Well, so so both have the idea is that we're communing and fellowshipping with God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is when we commune, when we fellowship, when we talk to God. Just like you and I are talking right now. I'm talking uh, in my prayer. I'm just talking to God. And um, I'm talking to him as he is. He's the all-powerful one of the universe, but he's also my father. He's the Lord Jesus who saved me, who now is Lord over all of the universe. But he's, Jesus would say he's, he's like my older brother. I'm talking to him. And so that's prayer. But then petition is more specific to the type of prayer. So we get specific and we tell him things. Um, that, and I envisioned here as I was thinking through this was as a child with a good loving, strong father, especially an adult child as he gets older, uh, and, and it wouldn't have to be adult, but a more mature child, but then even into adulthood where you just tell them, tell them things, um, tell them what we think about what's going on, tell them what our needs are, we ask him questions, we share with him our doubts, and there's a difference between sharing our doubts with God and doubting God. God wants us to trust him. But it is okay that we tell him what our doubts are. David did this throughout the Psalms when he would say to the Lord his complaint, but then he and he, and he would say what he wasn't sure about. But then he would turn his his words into trust and in just claiming God's attributes. That's another thing to do as you're petitioning and praying. It's just name God's attributes, and then as we do this, then we want to be thankful. And you've got some words on mm-hmm. how we're to be thankful. So, as Worley said, healthy fear causes us to turn toward God with prayer and petition rather than be anxious. Well, healthy fear also is thankful rather than grumbling and anxious. And your dad, um, mm-hmm. he, he, I always think of him when it comes to being grateful or thankful mm-hmm. because even most recently when he suffered from Parkinson's the last few years of his life, he would always say, there's always something to be thankful Mm -hmm. for. And I can just still hear him. Then he would go into his list. Mm -hmm. And two things that he always said was that I can be thankful that I'm not in any physical pain. Mm -hmm. That really was important to him that he wasn't, you know, suffering with physical pain and then he would always say and I'm so grateful I can be in my home and then he'd he'd always start telling us about the home mm-hmm. and the things that he liked and how they acquired their home and you know mm-hmm. stuff we knew but he he would repeat that and part of him repeating it was just that that's was truly what he was thanking God mm-hmm. for and it helped him. Yes. It helped him to be thankful. I think also about my dad, who suddenly lost his wife two years ago in June, and he's now currently helping my sister Christy um, go to cancer treatment. And, you know, this has been a, a long, hard-fought battle with her. And um, we were just this week, my family always does family you know, group text, and we were all feeling really sad because Christy's going to have to lose her hair again, and we didn't think that was 
maybe going to have to happen again. And um, we were all sad about that. My mom ran an income tax business, and April 15th came, and we were all just missing her. It just made us think of Because she died a year and a half ago. Yes, and so we were just talking about, you know, that, because tax day was kind of a trigger of even thinking about her. And um, so we're all texting back and forth and kind of, you know, have— having sadness in our hearts about both of those things and feeling sad for our uh, sister Christy. And my dad texted and said, um, which he often will, and he'll he'll say how thankful he is for us kids and thankful for his grandkids. And But um, in the middle of our texturing, he said, there have sure been a lot of good days mixed in the last several years with some really tough days. I thank God for his presence, power, love, grace, mercy, and um, through all of this, I still believe wholeheartedly in our God. Thank you for your promises, God. Please help us to cling to them. Mm. And I just thought, you know, Dad was not uh, pretending that the last, uh, you know, several years hadn't happened, that they, you know, hadn't been hard. But he added being thankful to this reality uh, of life, and he brought some light and perspective to our family texturing where we'd all had hearts full of sadness and concern. So I would say that I know many of you do this, and we often will encourage people to do this in counseling. We work to do this in our life, but sometimes even if it's just mentally to make a thankful list. Some people need to post it somewhere and, um, you know, get a marker board somewhere in the house or a chalkboard and, and make a list of what they're thankful for. you say it there, you're not necessarily saying post it online. Yeah, not necessarily. Yeah, I social mean, media. Really, what you mean by that is someplace where you can see it and it reminds you. It's visible, yes, yes in your to house. Your, to yourself. Mm-hmm. And they'll, you know, do this when they're struggling, and that's a really good practice. I think it's also necessary, though, to make sure that we're always giving thanks for the very things that are at the root of our anxiety, Mm -hmm. the things that cause our anxiety. Because if you're someone who just says, well, it could always be worse or somebody else always has it worse than me, so I don't even need to think about what's going on with me, right? and you minimize what you're going through, then you're going to live with anxiety right. because you're, you're not addressing your truth. So as an example in my life, I'll often say something like, you know, God, thank you for this pressure, this painful circumstance that causes me to be dependent upon you, that reminds me, you know, that I'm human, that I need you. Or I might say, God, thank you for this weakness in me that I see, um, that exposes the sin in my own heart that gives, you know, allows me to be changed. Ann Voskamp is, she's kind of one of the queens of, uh, you know, being thankful. In her book, A Thousand Gifts, says that it's habits that can imprison you and it's habits that can free you. But when thanks to God becomes a habit, so joy in God becomes your life. In giving thanks for the life she already had, she found the life she always wanted. And one of the things that I love about Anne, and I want to tell you all that you can go to Anne Voskamp's uh, website, and she has free resources, and she has what's called a Joy Dare collection. Mm-hmm. And she, and it's really from her Thousand Gifts book, but... Um, Listen to some of the things she lists here for you to even think about being thankful for. She says, um, uh, thank God for three gifts that are white. Thank God for three gifts in his word. 
thank God for three gifts at 11 a.m., 2 p.m., and 6 p.m. Um, she says, thank God for gifts that you wore today, for gifts that you found in a bag, in a box, or in a book. Um, three gifts that are moving, three gifts that are ugly, beautiful. I mean, just helping you turn your thoughts and your mind toward Thanksgiving about just simple. And and, and everything. Yeah, every little thing. Um, And so you can find this Joy Dare collection. It's free on her website, and she has something for every month, and she just has those listed. So that can be kind of a fun, practical thing even to do. I would even say sit around your dinner table or take time in the day and, you know, let the family all come up with some of those things. Uh, That can be a really fun thing to do. And, you know, as you were talking about um, your dad or my dad or Lynn Voskamp, and she's talking about it being a habit, it was striking me that the the thankful heart, uh, that that it, it is a way of life and it's something we need to develop. And if you're not, if, if you're not a prayer, then you can become one. Use this time of solitude or not being able to be with others in the same ways that you were to develop this part of your life. And so what he's saying in verses six and seven is he's saying, take the fears you have instead of turn to things that would be bad for you, turn to the Lord and your your fellowship with him. Talk to him. Tell him specifically what's on your mind and what you're dealing with. But include within that this this attitude of thankfulness. And so we move further. Um, Which, do you have something else? Well, it's just, I mean, we asked them, where might you fight anxiety by, you know, praying and praying with petitions. So, I mean, we finished this section with thankfulness, just asking you the same thing. Where might you fight anxiety in your life right now by being thankful rather than grumbling or complaining? That's good. Good. And now we pick it up in verse 8 as we continue further in discussing healthy fear, thinks about things that are true and good. Uh, Let me read it. Verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So trusting God is not mindless. You hear Danine and I say this again and again. It's just God intends for us to engage the world with our minds. He intends for us to think, and He intends for us to <clears throat> excuse me. He intends for us to think on certain things. John MacArthur says some people assume worry or fear is a result of too much thinking. In other words, just quit thinking about it. But then he goes on to say, actually, it's a result of too little thinking in the right direction. And this passage here, Paul has quite a list of things to think about. It's actually what could be many, many podcasts. But we want to try to summarize Paul's thought here in this time and just by mentioning each one and saying a word or two about them. So the first thing is to think truthfully and that we, we, we face opposition in the world of what's true and what's not true. Um, within ourselves of deceived hearts get us confused on what's true and what's not true. Uh, The world will 
the, the evil one is, is the father of lies. And so we're opposed here. So what he's saying to us, he's urging us to think truthfully. What's true? What does the scriptures have to say? What is, if we talk to a friend, what's true? So think truthfully. He goes on to say we're to, it's important that the things we think are full of character or respectful. The word uh, that I read from the, the verse is the word noble, of something that would be of high character. Um, the next one is the, the thoughts need to have an element of innocence, um, an element of what is right. They need to be pure thoughts and not dirty thoughts. They need, he uses words like admirable, excellence, praiseworthy. So to contrast those things, if our thoughts are filled by untruths or by bitterness or by covetousness, not just not being satisfied, or perhaps they're revenge against somebody who's harmed us or complaining about our situation or, or lustful uh, thoughts of just trying to escape or anger, all of those are the kinds of thoughts that, that we replace with these thoughts that Paul's saying. Those kinds of thoughts in, in our flesh, they can continue to control us. We can't fellowship with the Lord with those kinds of things. They won't bring us calm. They'll only breed insecurity or worry. Martin Lloyd-Jones says that the trouble with the person of little faith, and that's what we exhibit when we're only in, the, in thoughts that are not what Paul gave us, he says the trouble with the person of little faith, instead of controlling his own thought, his thought is being controlled direction of our life. Mm -hmm. Therefore, these things given to us by Paul are what we're to think about. We need to stop. We need to settle into these things that Paul's mentioned here. So in the midst of fear and worry or anxiety, do you stop to think about what you are thinking about? Do you stop and think about what it is that your mind is on most of the time. What's controlling your mind? And that's important because, I mean, we'll talk about this more in probably our video subscription, but we know that a lot of people that have panic attacks or anxiety attacks are, I mean, often people that try and live above uh-huh. thinking about things, live above feeling emotions or identifying that. So, I mean, this is a really important part if we're anxious. Yeah, and, you know, just practically an exercise could be if you're anxious is sit down and just write out your thoughts. What is it that's consuming me today? I'll often do that in counseling when somebody's telling me about being afraid, but they can't pinpoint it. So we just begin to unpack. What has your mm-hmm. mind been on? And that's a good point because sometimes we really need other people mm-hmm, to help us name that or, you know, kind of put words to it um, in that. And where so where might we fight this anxiety or fear we have by putting our mind on these things that Paul's talking about here. Think about God, His truth, His promises, with what's good, instead of running to. Uh, excuse me, I'm going to say that differently. We're, 
we're to, to run from bitter thoughts, anger thoughts, frustrated thoughts, being fearful of what's next, complaining over things being too hard, and, and, and so forth. And you know, it, it makes me just an example that comes to mind is there are so many, you know, women and some men that are all of a sudden ha- thrown into um, homeschooling. And some of them, right now, some, yeah, right now situation. in this coronavirus right. scenario, and they're, uh, I mean, some of them are carrying on a job and still having to be responsible to help teach their kids and help, you know, their kids uh, work through things. And anyway, I just know a lot of uh, especially you know I tend to talk to moms there that are just very overwhelmed right now right. and have a lot of anxiety about I mean can I do this and and that's a normal question yeah I mean that's a normal feeling they should be asking that <laughs> yeah right. I, I mean I'd be asking it. that yeah. if I were in your place but it's important this is where we're saying it's important for you to think about what are you thinking about because if all day long your self-talk is saying, I can't do this, this is too much, I can't handle this anymore, or I'm done. I mean, how are you going to feel? All day long you're going to feel, you know, probably anxious, miserable, depressed, discouraged, discontent, trapped, you know, frustrated. And so it's, it's critical that as you're saying, you know, your truth, like in prayer here, I mean, God, I'm overwhelmed. I'm anxious. I'm restless in all of this. I don't have what it takes. I mean, that's some of what we've talked about already. Then you're bringing God into that with you and remembering that God, you know, God isn't um, lacking in being able to give you what you need for this day or being able to give your kids what you need. And sometimes, uh, you know, we get overwhelmed because we're thinking big picture, but God's saying, and we'll talk about this in a minute, He's going to supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory. And it's just for today, Matthew tells us, one day at a time. So, but thinking about what we think about is going to have a lot to do with how we feel, you know, as we go through the day and even what our attitude is as we go through that day. So as we move towards verse 9 with even some very uh, direct application here, I I, want to say a couple of things here. So we're saying we go to God in prayer and we do it with a heart of thankfulness. We're specific. We're saying that Paul's given us things to think upon and he starts with what's true. And so in this coronavirus deal, if we could just for a second... You know, God is in the middle of this. This is this is something He's up to. The scriptures talk about a sovereign God. There's nothing that happens that is outside of the realm of what God has uh, put into motion. And we don't exactly understand, was it the evil one who went to Him first, as we would see in Job, or was it uh, that, that God set something in motion, but either way, God is the sovereign one who's who's moving through His creation. So, in the situation that that you find yourself in, and that you're afraid of, or overwhelmed, or frustrated, understand you're dealing primarily with the one who has been doing this, and in responding to Him, He we can't see the big picture of the good that's going to come from this, but there will be plenty of good because God is good. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's up to. So I say that as we move into verse nine to say that we can't just think on these things, 
we must continue to live them out and put them into practices that healthy fear calls us to obedience. So verse 9 says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Don't, don't just let these words slip by. Well, I'll, I'll start working on praying next week or I'll... You know, I'll I'll work on this some of the time. These are things that we can and should put into practice now. Well, and in a time where we don't feel like we have much control over anything, yes. this this list and this passage in Philippians, these are things we can control. Yes. And a lot of anxiety comes from that feeling out of control. So to take back some of that. Yes, and in the way we do this, and God is gracious to let us feel more in control because we're getting it from Him. Mm-hmm. He's actually the provider of that feeling. But but really, verse 9 is about obedience. And when we obey God, it brings peace. Do you feel peaceful? And I would say that if we don't feel pe- peaceful, one of the reasons could be we're not doing what He tells us here. We're not applying this. We're not putting into practice. So where might you need to fight the fear by believing and obeying God's word, specifically through Paul from Philippians 4, verses 6 and following, of we need to be people who are praying as he instructs us here. And so as we talk to God and think of the things that are Christ-like and obey, we must also learn what he talks about. And we're going to skip down to verses 11 and 12 learn um, in what we need to learn about contentment. Mm -hmm. So healthy fear is going to include being content. And in these verses, uh, 11 and 12, Paul says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. And I don't think... In the United States, I mean, a lot of us, there are people that have had to really live with these kind of circumstances, but we're seeing that. And, and, and we very well will in the future is the economic impact and yeah. millions of, of this podcast have lost jobs and that is going to take some time for that to come back. And it's worldwide. And I've mentioned to you before that, you know, not being able to just go to the store and get whatever you want. Mm-hmm. That's new to us, even though that's occurred in other parts of the world. We've seen lines of people who are who don't have jobs and therefore don't have food. And so Paul's saying here, an experienced person in all kinds of things, he's had a lot and he's been without and and he suffered in great ways as well as he rejoiced and experienced happiness in great ways. So he's talking about the whole gamut of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think there's nothing like feeling discontent about something to make me anxious Mm -hmm. about how I can get what I think I need. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing like feeling discontent about something to make me feel anxious about how I can go about getting what I think I need. And this has helped me a lot over the years to understand that contentment plays a big role in lowering both anger... You know, some people, like like we said, they're fighters, so mm-hmm. anger is what comes up right. when they struggle with um, contentment, and other people um, struggle more with the anxiety side of it. But contentment plays a big role in lowering both anger and anxiety. So contentment, um, with the definition, really, it just has a, a person with contentment has a spirit that is settled 
and at rest, even in their hard circumstances. And I've recently told your mom, uh, and you know this is the, uh, even in the last month, that she's such an example to me with her spirit of contentment as she lives alone for the first time in 83 years. Right. And, the, I mean, she has that settledness in her, but right. I also know she gets up every morning and she starts her day all by herself with the Lord, yeah, and in praise. And thankful. And, and she's very thankful. She lives out what we're talking about mm-hmm. here, and you see it in the spirit of contentment. Uh, so coveting is something I want you to think about because coveting is the opposite of contentment. Rather than having a settled spirit that's at rest, a covetous spirit is always striving, grasping, controlling, manipulating, and really living with an if-only mindset. If only, you know, I could have this. If only this were different. If only my spouse would, you know, act this way. If only my kids would behave. And, I mean, we live with, when we start living with that if-only mindset, we live with um, really a lot of anxiety because... Mm -hmm. There's a big gap between mm-hmm. what I'm desiring, what I hope for, and you know what I'm really mm-hmm. getting here. So, uh, um, when we think about coveting, it's when I want more than God, what more than what God has provided for me, or when I want something that's good, maybe even something that God wants for me, but I don't want to wait right. for His timing. A lot, a lot of people that struggle with impatience, struggle with coveting, you know, because they don't want to wait. So some examples is, you know, people can show love to me, but it's never enough. Or I can have, I mean, God's provided 24 hours in a day for me, but it's never enough time. I can find myself, I can covet for more time (laughs) just to get something done because productivity is a, uh, probably can become a false God for me. Um, perfectionism is an example of something else that can rob us of contentment because for a perfectionist, the finished product is never good enough. Um, either the product isn't good enough or I'm not good enough. So anyway, as we can see here, it's an attitude of never being satisfied. God has created us here. I think it's important to say to live with desire. Some people go the extreme and like, well, I'll just have no expectations or kill desire. So it's important to say that God's created us to live with this desire, but it turns dark. It turns sinful when we covet rather than practice contentment. And and Paul says that, that he learned this. So he didn't just arrive. He practiced it. He learned it. So think about this for your own life as it pertains to your anxiety, because it can creep in so subtly without... You know, us even recognizing that this issue may be what is driving anxiety. So I would ask you, where might you fight anxiety, uh, you know, by just being content, by, you know, confessing your sin of coveting and practicing contentment? So if I can add here, just I want to I want to say that in, if because that particular point of being content can be convicting to any of us, you might be convicted as you're listening to this, or you might be convicted of any of the other things of not praying or having a dis, a, a, an ungrateful heart. And one of the important things that Paul doesn't address in this passage, but it's thoroughly in Scripture, and that is the confession of sin. And so as you're praying to God and you're exposed in any of these areas, confess your sin. 
And, you know, we strongly believe, and I think the scriptures show, that, um, that, that Jesus has done enough for us to take care of our sin. We were declared not guilty mm-hmm. when he died and we placed our faith in him. It is complete and thorough. His blood on the cross um, and his, what he suffered on the cross was satisfying to the Father. And so we who are in Christ, who have placed our faith in Christ, are completely covered, and yet we're still sinners, and so we need to acknowledge and ask for forgiveness. And so as you go through this prayer, part of it will be confession all the time because we're exposed for where we're not right. And 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I encourage you, just confess your sins along the way as you're praying in this way that uh, as things come up. And so... In this and one thing I would say there too, Worley, is just we know in Lamentations, I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because it is convicting that, but in Lamentations, we know that God's mercy is new every yes. morning. And that's such good news. Yes. I mean, you have a bad day today and you, you know, you, you see a lot of this stuff in you. You see, you know, where you've gone off track. Well, don't just say, well, I've blown it, so no. might as well stay might as well stay on this track. God's mercy is new every morning. Get up. It's a new day. You you have a, a new opportunity. I have a new opportunity to and, and to live different. I mean, once to not if you spend your life beating yourself up, uh, you know that what a waste. Yeah, and that's moving away from God. That's not depending on Him. Right. And 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 as His children, so we wake up. We're in His presence. We go right back to Him. That's grace. Mm-hmm. And so, which is really our next point, which is dependence. Yeah, and and it all leads to this. So, in all of this that Paul has urged us to about praying and thinking on the right things and obeying and learning contentment, we find ourselves in in living in complete dependence, which puts our fear in its rightful place. So, verse thirteen, and then down to verse nineteen, we're gonna wrap up with just that healthy fear lives in humble dependence. So verse 13 says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And then verse 19 says, and my God will meet all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Essentially, what we're letting go of here as we pray in this way is thinking it's all up to me. Mm-hmm. I find myself growing in dependence upon God to provide what I need. And not just physically what I need, but need in every way, spiritually, emotionally, in the relationships I'm in. It, this communing with God in this way puts my fear into perspective. So pride would say, it's all up to me to get rid of my fears and meeting any of my needs whether they be physical, emotional, relational, or even spiritual. In other words, in this podcast, we're, we're, if you leave the podcast and you're just going to work harder at this, then I think you miss what's available to you. We want you to be diligent and um, persistent. Um, but in that, because you're going to God, it's He who's going to enable you to do this. Um, and opposite of pride, humility says, I'm weak, but you, God, are strong. 
I too often try to be independent, but you, God, are the one I need as you provide through your many means and through the ways that you use others. And so, where might you fight your fear, your worry, your anxiety by admitting your weakness so you can depend on the power of Christ in you? So let's repeat those questions again. I mean, where might you fight anxiety through honest prayer? Where might you fight anxiety by being thankful rather than grumbling or complaining? Where might you fight anxiety by believing and obeying God's Word? And where might you need to fight anxiety by being content? And then as Worley said, where might you fight anxiety by admitting that you need God and that you need others? Very good. So... Um, because this is a talk on prayer, I want to just say a prayer for our listeners, and then we'll just we'll close. Father, I do pray that for all who might hear these words, that they might open your word and see what you have to say for us in Philippians from Paul to people who suffered in ways that perhaps we don't even haven't even experienced yet, and yet you uh, offered them the peace that surpasses all understanding that would guard their hearts and minds and it's all in Christ and it's because of him and for him and you who we love Lord Jesus that we pray these things in Jesus name Amen Amen Thank you for joining Worley and Danina today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Worley and Danina, you can check out more podcast episodes and read their blog posts at redeemedheartsministries.com. Additionally, we would like to announce that starting May 1st, Redeemed Hearts Ministries will be launching a video subscription on the website. Worley and Danina will be putting out weekly videos that will go deeper into matters of the heart. Please visit the website to check out the different subscription levels that we will be offering. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in today. Please rate, subscribe, and share the Redeemed Hearts Ministries podcast on social media. Please feel free to reach out and contact us through the Redeemed Hearts Ministries website as well. God bless and stay safe.